You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On a very good morning, all. Welcome. Oh, heels, it's so close. You can almost touch it now. You know, you're thinking rugby league, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You, you mean mm-hmm. indoor? Indoor, the test against India. Uh, well, that happens today, yes. Yeah, exactly that's a little right. bit closer even. Yes. Hey? We can't win the series, though. We can draw it. Yeah, okay. There's plenty to play for there. There's a lot to play for there. We will talk about it as the day goes on. Yeah. But now I'm uh, I'm all pumped about the league. So is the Courier Mail, obviously. They've got a, a big lift out today and all the round one teams. We're only about 36 hours away now. Major right, news. Eh? The big headline grabber on the local front is the Dolphins have dropped Milford for Sunday's mm. slice of history match against the Roosters at Suncorp. Uh, Wayne has been pretty forthright. Spoke to Pete Bedell, who we had on the show yesterday. Do you call it dropped? Yeah, of course he has been. What do you mean? Well, he was first choice at 5-8. There's no doubt about that. And Katoa's in there as their development player. But this player. is their first game. Uh, he just hasn't been selected. Well, as far, in my in my mind, he's dropped. Oh. Yeah. And I, think, I, I think he's in real trouble. Yeah, well, Wayne has, has pretty pretty made it pretty much clear that, you know, does he want to become and regain the form that, you know, took him to right to the top of the tree back in 2015 or is he content just to cruise through life and take his money and run? So yesterday, Felice Cafusi spoke on Milford and, and the same message has come from quite a few of these experienced players, the Bromwich boys and, and Felice who are... They're going to be the cornerstone of this pack, cornerstone of the team, to tell you the truth. And uh, he had a, a fairly similar blunt message from Milford. I'd love to see him, you know, fight for the jumper and fight for his spot. Um, I think that's the way he will he will go about it. Um, you know, I'd, yeah, I'd just love to see him really turn up to training with a really good attitude, an attitude to help the young guy out. I guess that's why that's why we're all here. You know, us experienced guys are. We were all here to start this club off the right way, and for me, that's the right way. So I'd love to see Milf do that as well. Gee, they're damning words, eh? Yeah, and he clear. hasn't been doing that. But You've been letting all those blokes down as well as the whole club and community. Yeah, well, the conversation on 360 and around the, the league circles last night was that, you know, well, he's had a whole pre-season. Yeah. Surely they have been those within the club taking the skin folds, looking at him, his development through the pre-season, and he's got to this situation where he's not ready to play. Mm. Um, you know, it's a little disappointing, but it's got to come back on Milford's head, Hills. I mean, you've been a player at the top level. I mean, you you control your own preparation, your mindset, et cetera, et cetera. And it's clearly not right for round one for, you know, one of the biggest games that this club is going to play. Mm. There's no doubt about that. We know it's going to be a tougher season for them because it's their first year. Uh, they lack a marquee, et cetera. But... You know, game one, they're going to be up and about for the Roosters. There'll be a big crowd, Suncorp, history, Arthur Beetson, all that sort of history involved. And why wouldn't Milford want to be front and centre and playing a, a, a pivotal role in that? And he's not. Love no, to know what you think. I think it's mental health. Yeah. Well, Don't just pass that off. I think it's mental health. I think he's not right. He's mm-hmm. not well. 
if, if he doesn't want to be where where he has now been exposed, if he doesn't want to be there, he's not right in the mind. He's dead set suffering. And I hope they've asked him all those sorts of things and mm. the welfare officers have been dealing with him because a player of his ilk and his the, the support he's had from rugby league doesn't want to play there's trouble. There's problems there. Yeah, well, we don't know whether he doesn't want to play. Just Well, to me, he doesn't want to play because Kafusi said he, he's not doing what the other senior players are playing. No. They've, told, they've said today he's fat, and he, that means he doesn't want to really play. Mm. But he feels he's probably got to play because he's getting all this money, and, he's, and he always has, and then guilt creeps in, and he feels guilty because he doesn't feel right. And, gee, there's a lot of things going on with that fellow. He should be bouncing around as fit and as fresh as he mm. should be and was eight years ago. What do you think about Bennett's call? Brighton Homes open line 131355 or that text line 0467 736 736. So the beneficiary is a 19-year-old. We all knew the Panthers were filthy when they lost Katoa. Uh, he, they were, he was one that they really didn't want to lose from their system, from their nursery. But uh, Bennett came a-knocking, and uh, the 19-year-old headed north to Redcliffe, and he got a chance to call his folks yesterday with the news that he's going to play round one. Hi, Dad. Um, no, I just want to call you and quickly tell you um, that I'm going to be making my debut next week against the Roosters. Oh, son, that's awesome. How are you feeling? No, good. It, it caught me off guard. I didn't even know Wayne was playing his games as, as usual he didn't really say anything to me and just kind of announced the team and and my name was said was called out so I'm happy yeah. very very happy good luck all that work huh? yeah okay. how good's that I mean for every for every negative and we know that uh, Milford now has a challenge to get himself back there and you've got to remember that this kid's only 19 and Wayne has a history of, of not, you know, not having have, wanting to burn them out. Uh, he won't want him to play all all rounds this year. So, you know, desperately he needs Milford back there at some stage to fill in with O'Sullivan. So, uh, I, I think it's been a, a tactical ploy by Bennett to speak to Pete, Pete Bedell yesterday. I mean, Pete has a great rapport with him. Yes. Uh, but the, what he had to say yesterday afternoon. And uh, you know, it was all over the back page of the Courier today. Is that he's thrown the challenge down to Milford to get yourself right, and get yourself back into first grade calculations. Mm. Lot, lots to talk about, as there always is. Round one at the Bronx, Billy Walters has won that big selection call at hooker over Corey Pakes, who's just been re-signed. So there's plenty of faith in Pakes. Um, so in Cobart, fullback, we knew that was going to happen. Walsh. Uh, they're going to give that fractured eye socket one more week for Reese Walsh. So that puts Jesse Arthurs on the wing. They won't lose anything there. Mm-hmm. But what happens if GI comes out? <laughs> right. So Selwyn Cobbo, they reckon they're about to release Greg on Penrith. Right. What happens if GI appears? <laughs> Is Walsh going to make it back in? <laughs> so if he really has a slicing game at fullback, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's a hard one to swap and put him do. back on the wing. Yeah. Yeah. He could well do. So, Marty Topo, who's on the bench, uh, so adds that starch to the Broncos bench. He spoke about Cobbo moving to fullback for the Bronx. Mate, he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, Sal and Cobbo, you know, and our, you know, Reese Walsh. Um, a lot of youngsters are just talent. It's sort of a bit unorthodox the way that they play, but it's, uh, it's amazing in this game. 
in this day and age, uh, you've got to be different to be uh, a stand-up. Salwan is definitely a stand-up player for us. No, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I, this is the season that I'm really, really excited about, Cobbo, wherever he plays. Put him in the front row, he'll be a thriller. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder what that ortho, orth, unorthodoxy is. You didn't really know they're that unorthodox, did we? Yeah, ad lib. Yeah. There's plenty of ad lib about him, but uh, uh, and don't worry, he'll get tested. There's a bloke called Cleary throwing bombs up at him, so uh, it'll it'll be a ton of fun that match. Uh, Topo also spoke about Flegler. Obviously, Flegler's heading to the Peninsula next year, uh, and, and what we can expect from him. I've been through uh, Tommy Flegler's position where you know. Uh, Boiled over a bit too much, and you know, I've copped a few suspensions here and there. I think he's learned his, his uh, over the time, um, but it's not so much for me telling him what to do. It's I guess it's all, all actions and uh, seeing where he's comfortable and where he thinks it'll uh, help. Um, but look, he's doing well. He's doing well. I love his. He's, he's slowly working on his, his aggression, but you don't really want to take that away, um, especially in this game of dominance. Yeah. I hope the movie you went and saw was good, Marty Taho. Topo. <laughs> Sounds like he's in the foyer of a movie cinema, doesn't he? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so his actions too. He's talking about Tom Flegler's actions. Marty, oh, I want him to be a little more disciplined at times too now at the Broncos than he was at the yeah. Seagulls. Well, I tell you, I'm pretty excited about our Broncos chat today. We've got Lee Bryars, who's their new development coach at the Bronx. He, he is a great mate of Alfie and Kevy. And it was Kevy who reached out for him. He, he he was comfortable in England. I mean, he played 425 games mm-hmm. in Super League, mainly with Warrington. So Alf and Kev know him really, really well. He was up to 800 games, Hills, coaching and playing. He was with the in the Wigan system. Uh, and he's come, he's come over here. So he'll give us a little insight into how things are going down there at Red Hill. Just And, and I'm really looking forward to, to tapping his brain because there's few better league brains in the world. Mm, one of the old poms who could straighten you up pretty quick. Yeah. And he'll have a little bit to say about Herbie Farnworth and uh, and Flegler moving as well and, and, you know, what it's been like inside the four walls since the reaction to those two signings that came pretty much back-to-back last week. So they've got Penrith Friday night, and that's a game that we're we're really, really looking forward to. So much more to talk about. We'll, we'll get through that. No Pappenhausen for the Storm for eight weeks, they're saying. Will Warbrick comes in on the wing, the Rugby Seven stars. Tommy Turbo's coming back for Anthony Seabold's Manly, which is great. Kikau and Marnie will start for the Dogs. There's headline stories all over as we await round one of the comp. But I tell you what, you haven't slept. Did you sleep last night? Uh, well, not yeah. much. No, I was I, oh. I was pretty excited during the day. I mean, oh, did you sleep in a footy jersey? Maybe you put your old Bundy Brothers jersey on and go to bed last night. Sadly, most of the footy jerseys I've been given don't fit these days. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> chance my, it, if you had a modern one, <laughs> which my wife has mentioned to me on uh, oh, on plenty of occasions. Test. I, I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about cricket in a sec. But uh, first of our text this morning, and the text line is oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Anthony Milford, Hall of Fame of unfulfilled talent. Mm. Yeah, look. Right at the moment, and I think that's Oscar from the Valley. Oscar, I've, I've probably got to agree with you. Um, as I said, silky skills and wonderful to watch when he's at his peak and he's he's fit and he's I, firing. But I don't remember them. I do. I, I do. Last I, year he had one game, didn't he? He played yeah. pretty good one game and scored one or two tries. Yeah, but you're paid to perform a little better than yeah. one game. I don't think he's. I don't think he's what right, mate. Now and I think Ashton Agar is the same. There's two athletes I worry about. That photo in the paper today does not indicate a man who wants to be 
in his in his training singlet, about yeah. to go to a big game. All over the back page. He's he's really really stressed. Hey, you, I know you went to work yesterday, but I didn't have to. Well, no, so I don't have a daytime job. No, you just, you probably <laughs> played a bit of footy. Sandy. No, I didn't. I went straight home and watched Basball. Yes. What I a test it was. Yeah. Ah, Vanessa's arrived. She's shaking her head. She was watching it. Wasn't it good fun? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, history was on the line either result. Ah. So that kind of made it very exciting, didn't it? Mm. You know so, what I'm upset about, again, is the headlines. What? The headlines. Basball blown up. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> right, that's the big that's the right. big headline. And then there's one digital headline is England's twenty two year humil- humiliation. Oh well, that was a joke, that headline. Fair to you're I'm, right, they're clickbait. I've never even and then I I had to go through that article about four times at different times of the day <laughs> this morning to find where the humiliation was. Not one mention of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is just uh, rubbish. You know by now that's uh, what so they do. It doesn't that mean was, we have to accept it. That was heels on his soapbox yesterday. <laughs> I, um, just quickly, well, if you're only catching up with the Kiwis, won the test, uh, and it's they're only the fourth team in test history to win after being forced to follow on or being asked to follow on. You and, know when and, the others were? Uh, yeah, I've got a list of them here. 1894. Yeah, one of them was. Yeah, <laughs> they're well apart. So 1981 was Botham's Ashes mm-hmm. in England, and 2001, that Indian yeah. one where um, Steve Waugh uh, put India back in, in mm-hmm. again. That's it. Uh, and Sheesh. it's only the second one-run victory in Test match history. Do you yeah. know when the other one was? Yes, I do. <laughs> Us against the West Indies. <laughs> yeah, 1993. Yeah, and there's been Adelaide. I think four Tests with a two-run victory. Mm. So this is one of the that is one of the top ten Tests there's ever been played. Yeah. It was just riveting viewing yesterday. And, I, and when I walked out of the studio, Vanessa, it was all over the screens here, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know you couldn't take your eyes off it. Uh, well, we'll talk a little bit more about that, and we've we've got some audio from that match from both Stokes and uh, and and that dramatic last ball when Wagner got Anderson. But we'll, we'll it was we'll, that bad. It was good that ball. <laughs> yeah, and, well, I tell you what, the ball before probably should have been called for wide, which mm. would have drawn, which would have drawn them level. Uh, there was a bit of debate on the TV as to no, how. It wasn't I don't think called. it was a Test match wide. No, it was it was close though. Yeah. I'll tell you what, really it was close to it. Anyway, fair catch down the leg side yesterday too, uh, Heels. To, yes. To seal the test match. Let's listen to the finish of this, what they're calling the Bazball test. Two needed here for England. That hurts. That hurts Anderson. <laughs> they reckon that's his last ball on overseas shores. Yeah. And it was a, a nick down the leg side. That yeah. If he gets a little bit more wood on that, it's four, and he wins a test. He's He just hasn't quite uh, got it right because he normally backs off. Did you, you saw how he was batting? Yeah. Backing off and swiping, and he hit a four um, the over before or maybe mm. in that same over. Wagner's just known for get it at your body. And he didn't back away. He stayed inside it and nicked it around. <laughs> and if it was more at his body, 
It was that bad. I'd say Wagner was thinking that Jimmy was going to back away and he was going to hammer his body, but he didn't. And yeah. he nicked it. Rather, It was that bad a ball down the leg side that he got a nick rather than more bad on it. Stokes was wonderful after the game. He, he was just thankful for being involved in such a brilliant test match. I just think at the end of the day, you know, if you can't look back at that test match, even in our dressing room being on the losing side and just, you know, be quite thankful that you've that you've been involved in a game like that because test matches like that don't happen that often. And what about his decision to enforce that follow-on? People might not have thought that um, enforcing the follow-on was the right call because what if New Zealand did what they did? But, you know, can't live your life or, or captain an international cricket team living by hindsight. That Plus, there's no need to because that was an unfortunate nick down the leg side. Harry Brook gets run out first ball as a diamond duck at the non-striker's end. There's so many little things that yeah. chasing 258 it shouldn't have been a problem for the way they were playing. And New Zealand, they've, they've made New Zealand a better team. They bowled in an aggressive manner all day, didn't they? Yeah. They, they gave them nothing. Yeah, it was just ri- it was riveting. So the scores from the match, 8 for a 435 declared and 256 England. New Zealand 209 and that brilliant second innings headed up by Williamson Century of 483, which turned the match. Uh, it was one of the best sporting things that I've seen for a long time. I thoroughly, thoroughly loved it yesterday. Let's hope this third test in indoor uh, it goes a similar way. We'd love to see it go five days for a start. Oh, how good would that be? The <laughs> drama that goes on in those two tests. The first two tests that have only gone three, we're just craving five days of that stuff. Yeah. So we get Stark and Green back for this afternoon, two o'clock kickoff, um, and and Smith will captain. We all know that Pat Cummins is home, looking after his mum, uh, who's in palliative care. Uh, so Smith will captain with Stark and Green in his lineup. Yeah, no, I think they're great additions for our side. Obviously, Greeny with um, his skill set as a batter and a bowler really helps us in in balancing this team. Um, it enables the. Um, I suppose the 11th player to be someone we want, uh, whether it's another spinner or a, an extra quick or, or whatever we want to do. So, um, yeah, it gives us good balance. I'm excited to see them back in the lineup, and yeah, hopefully they can have a good impact for us. He goes in filthy on himself too on his second innings dismissal in the, in the last test in Delhi. Uh, it's obviously weighed heavily on his mind on how he got out. You know, I've played, what, 95 test matches, I think, and I don't think there's been too many times I've walked off the field and I've gone, what the hell am I doing? Um, I was pretty angry and, yeah, um, there hasn't been too many times in my 95, 94, whatever I've played career where I've actually come off and just been bedazzled by what I've done. So, um, yeah, it was, yeah, wasn't my, my finest moment. No. Bedazzled wasn't quite the word. No, not the right word. Exactly. He's come off plenty of times bedazzled, probably himself, but definitely us mm. with what he's done. But, uh, yeah, he's surprised. Where the hell did that shot come mm. from? Uh, not so many times. Uh, gee, we're expecting a lot of him, basically, to come back into this side. He's got this disc problem in his back. What is it with New South Wales captains of Australia? And Michael Clark had that. And ever since he stopped playing, it's been fine. Mm. So Steve Smith, you know, he, we can he, he does jog around like a an old cobbler at times, and he struggled <laughs> in slips in last test. So yeah. so hopefully he gets that right. But he's thrown himself into the captaincy, and he I like it, I like it. But uh, he's told the boys to settle down, settle down, and don't be so frenetic. Yep. Uh, well, we'll have that from two o'clock this afternoon, six thirty. It is. We're going to the news shortly. Just here's a little one too. We'll send you to the news. 
Uh, you can contact us on the Brighton Homes Open Line, 131355. Don't forget, Brighton now locking in your price until 2024. And that gives you the confidence to build your dream home today. Or that text line, 0467 736 736. This from Mike. Walsh can play one position, fullback. Cobbo offers more an attack than Reese Walsh and should be the Bronx fullback going forward. So I'll cut to the chase. It's cost them Farnworth from staying at the club. Walsh should never have been signed and the money spent on another key position. They're good thoughts, Mike, and uh, we'll leave you with that because we go to the news with Vanessa. While we're on league, let's go to Channel 9's league reporter, Adam Jackson. Jacko, a very good morning to you. Hey, Paddy, how's it going? Good. I've got a fun fact for you, mate, before we talk league. I'm I'm comparing the St Andrews Hockey Club centenary dinner on Saturday night in Brizzy, and I was reading through their history yesterday afternoon. Channel 9 covered or telecast a match of St. Andrews hockey in 1959. It was just before I joined Seven. Jeez. <laughs> and where were they playing? It had to be black and white. Oh, it was, yeah. oh yeah, it was definitely black and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can remember that there was groundbreaking stuff with, with the Seven that were covering the, uh, the Melbourne Olympics in 56. And I think that was the first big sporting telecast of any description in this country. But, yeah, I was quite shocked to read that. 1959, they were covering uh, local hockey, Channel 9. So there you go, mate. You can you can go up to the mountain today and uh, expand them with that knowledge. Yeah, bang on the desk, Adam, and sort of say, why aren't we doing hockey? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll have to search through the archives and see if I can find some of that vision. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. It was a pretty dramatic day at the Dolphins yesterday. Yeah, it is with Anthony Milford. I don't know if you could say he was dropped, considering he was never in the team for the NRL side. But, no. yeah. He definitely won't play in their round one encounter against the Roosters. And I I kind of like this from a footy fan perspective that Wayne Bennett, you know, dished him off a wake-up call or line in the sand, whatever you want to say. And comments from the captain, Jesse Bromwich, when he did his presser yesterday were quite telling. He basically said, I want to see Milk fight for the jersey. So you read between the lines there, you know, he just needs to step up and earn it more, a bit more in training. He, he started pre-season, to his credit, later than most. He came back from the World Cup, so he only had six months, and they just think he's too far off the pace. So, you know, that's the big selection shock, but I like it for the Dolphins. They're prepared to make tough decisions from the get-go. Hey, Jago, you said six months there. It's probably six weeks, was it? Oh, six, oh yeah, six weeks. Sorry, not yeah. six months. Yeah, six weeks. He came back in January, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. so, oh, they, you know, someone's got to get a little uppercut as well. If the fitness brigade haven't been uh, putting in extras, if he is overweight and skin folds aren't working, then the welfare people have to be uh, sort of liaising with everyone, saying, is, is he right to go? He, if he's not getting himself fitter than that, he's, he's too down mentally. Yeah, definitely. And maybe it's also an indication of the style in which they're going to play. So, um, young Totoa, who will make his NRL debut in the sixth jersey. So, alongside Sean O'Sullivan. So, essentially, they were the backup halves of the Penrith Panthers last year. Totoa didn't get a game because he was too young. He only just turned 19. So, yeah, maybe that combination, due to the limited time Milford has to work with Sean O'Sullivan, bodes well for that. And also... Talking to Sean O'Sullivan, he says Katoa is more of a direct player where Mills more ad lib. So maybe in the early rounds, Wayne Bennett's simple game plan, we're going to be defensively strong, you know, a bit more structure with Katoa and um, O'Sullivan. And then we'll maybe see Milford uh, middle of the season or even Milf coming off the bench with that bit of the X factor. So uh, yeah. who knows what Wayne's thinking? I hope so. 
Yeah. Really hope so. Jacko, what's Milford's demeanour been like there? You've been down to training quite a bit. It's, it's hard to tell. You would have known over the years. He doesn't really give much away, even in interviews, that sort of thing. He's very, he's very quiet, sort of shy person, opposite to what his NRL playing ability is, you know, with the flashy style. But, you know, he, he, he doesn't say much, but he, he doesn't seem to be too down. When I was watching on Monday, they did a pose session and they kept the rotating controller and Milford out. So he was, he was quite upbeat. He, you know, he was throwing the normal passes he does. So, you know, he, he's not kicking stones, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good too. Okay. Really good. What about in the in the comp elsewhere, mate? Um, any other surprises? Did I, did I see uh, Canberra's fullback position was a bit contentious? Um, I don't know who's playing fullback for Canberra. Someone, Chris. I've been Is it Sebastian Chris? Oh, oh, yeah, Sebastian Chris. He's a young guy. He's played the past couple of seasons. Yeah. Uh, a few games on the wing, that sort of thing. Because they lost Nickel Klockstad, who's gone to the Warriors yeah, to yeah. Um, play against the Knights this weekend. So that's that's a big loss. Um, also, the hooking position, Denny Levoy, I see is their hooker for the Raiders, who played a couple of years ago for the Broncos, oh, yeah. went to the English Super League, came back and... Yeah, you know, Raiders struggled in their last trial. They've got the Cowboys first up uh, Saturday afternoon in Townsville, so that'll be a tough initiation for them. And the exciting part for Queensland is seeing Selwyn Cobbo start at yeah. fullback for the Broncos on Friday night against the Panthers. So Reese Walsh has got that eye fracture, so he'll probably be back next week for their round two match against the Cowboys. But I like Cobbo at fullback, kind of like in the Greg Inglis, Latrell Mitchell style, and just. Give him a bit more freedom. Give him the ball. Do whatever you want. So I, I think that'll be his long-term future, Cobbo, in the next few years. What about Billy Walters winning the the hooking spot? Do we read much into that? Not really. That's been a bit of point of contention in the preseason. But the Broncos staff, kind of like Billy Walters, just to take a bit of sting out of the game in that first 20, 25 minutes, get a few... Um, defensive workload through before Pakes comes on and can be maybe a bit more creative. But, you know, the hooker situation for the Broncos this year will be quite interesting. Not just Billy Walters, Corey Pakes, Blake Moser, who was a you know, uh, star in the under-18s. He'll probably get some game time towards the back end of the year. And Tyson Smoothie, who's come from the Storm system, I like him. He's probably got the best pass out of the four hookers. But he just needs to be a bit more creative uh, in his game. But so... Yeah, dummy hearts will all keep each other on their toes throughout the season for the Broncos. You've been heavily at the uh, the Dolphins. Uh, not sure how much you've been around the Bronx, Adam, but Adam Reynolds, are we happy with him? Does it seem pretty good down there with him? Yeah, it does. Um, he missed that last trial game with a general back soreness. I think he might have been playing too much golf at Twin Waters during the preseason camp. <laughs> Played his backup, so I think yeah he won't let on about that. But uh, he's he's trained fully the past couple of weeks since that. You know he's he's very vocal, but he's very calm if you watch him. So you see a lot of leaders like to yell and scream and that. But he's he's very measured. He had a big chat to Kevy after training yesterday, and you know he he's been good for younger players, but also older players. I look at a guy like Corey Oates. He's helped reinvent his career. Like Reynolds and Oates are almost besties at the Broncos, and Oates kind of you know. He essentially got dropped from the NRL a couple of years ago. Last year, he came back, scored a lot of tries, which I think is off the back of Reynolds, and he's, he's done a better job utilising him and then mentoring guys like Carrigan and Payne Hart. Yeah, we had Tommy Hacken on from Ladbrokes earlier. I mean, Panthers are red-hot favourites for this game, but I tell you what, I reckon it's going to be a challenge for them with no kick out on Coruscant this year. 
Oh, definitely. They're significantly weaker. Uh, Taylor May's out as well, too. Um, did his knee, so the the back line's weakened as well as the forward line. No, Appy Coruscant coming off the bench, helping them out to that middle part of the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos, you know, score an upset here. And the big thing for the Broncos is, so they play the Panthers down at Penrith on Friday night. Their next five games are at Suncorp Stadium. They drag a win in round one. Oh. They're not leaving Brisbane for the next nearly yeah. like month and a half. Yeah, that, yeah, that would a, be unbelievable. That's a real good point. Actually, is this yeah. is this yeah, the year that uh, the Titans are going to bounce back? Their their paper side looks fantastic. Can they play to its what? ability? Yeah, you just never know. They're the big enigma in the NRL. The Titans, Kieran Four and huge. I think Sam Verrills is just as good a recruitment for them because they've essentially played without a hooker for the past couple of years. He's really um, bought into their systems, uh, Beryl. So, yeah. And it's, it's a huge year for the Titans because if, if they haven't had a lackluster year, they almost become irrelevant because mm. you've got the Dolphins coming in, taking yeah. their airtime airspace. So, you yeah. know, if they if also runs again and finish you know, 14th, people will start to forget about the Titans. So, you know, it's huge for them on the field and off the field. I think they can improve, but I just think there's still a couple of players uh, short of being yeah. a final side. All right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, their forward pack reads really well. I mean, Jolliffe's been fantastic through the trials. Verrills, as you said, we're all talking him up as, as possibly one of the buyers of the years. You've got Tino, speaks for itself. Fafita looks as fit as he's been in a long time. Uh, you know, there's talk that uh, Bo Firma could be a, an origin player and uh, Isaac Liu in the, in the 13th. So the forward pack will hold its own against any. It's just how that back line will go with four and leading them around, I reckon. Mm, their bench looks good. The interchange, too. You know, Campbell, Fotoaka, Erin Clark. Good good team. Yeah, definitely. And one player to look out for, Carm Pereira. So, Lockie oh, Carm Pereira, I've seen oh, a bit of oh. him in the, the, the Burley Bears the past couple of years. He would have to be close to the fastest player in the NRL. If you see him out in the open, it's definitely worth watching the Titans game. Yes, we know that, Jacko. Hoppy's sponsor, the Burley Bears. So, Hills, oh. Hills has been talking him up yeah. for weeks. I, and he's finally I got identified him quite a while back. Hey, Jacko, we've got to go. We've got to get to a break. Thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate see it. See you, mate. Okay. No worries, boys. Anytime. See ya. I've been looking forward to this all morning, having a Have chat you? to the son of an immortal, the great Arthur Beetson, Brad Beetson, joining us on the line. Huge day for the Dolphins on Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock Sunday at Suncorp, where Arthur played his last game for Redcliffe back in 1981. Uh, Brad, wonderful to uh, chat. Uh, Arthur and I, well, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be able to say that I was a great mate of his. I, I sparred with your dad over many, many years as reporter and player and loved every minute of it, mate. Yeah, morning, fellas. How are you? Thanks for having us on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a really big day for Dad uh, and our family. Oh, I bet, mate. What recognition. You've, you've come off the Allianz uh, Stadium one with Ron Coote and now down at the Bayside, he would just love being down there with his old mate, Tosser. Yeah, mate, it was, like, it was obviously very fond of Reckleff, given that he came here in 64 and won their first premiership in 65, then moved to, you know, the Roosters. It's a natural progression, I suppose, <laughs> of, um, you know, him going to the Roosters and, you know, becoming an immortal. And, well, that's great recognition from both clubs, and they've always been really good to us, so. And, 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 Brad, the legacy is there for all to see in the Arthur Beetson Foundation. Uh, you helped to close the gap between Indigenous Australians to, to achieve 
all the best outcomes for them in their lives, whether it be health or education, sport, employment or business? Yeah, the Murray Carnival's getting quite big, which the foundation runs. I think we had like over 80 sides last year from all oh. over Queensland. Part part of that is um, you know, 90% attendance at school for the kids and also um, uh, 715 health checks. Because obviously, you know, Indigenous people have helped. My dad died at 66 from heart problems and all our family have heart problems as well. So you know, if we can make a difference using rugby league as a vehicle and using dad's name to... <coughs> Trying to, you know, that was something he was passionate about as well, creating pathways for Indigenous kids. And you now we had various people living with us over the years as well, like street football and stuff. So, well, we're feeling a lot more secure than we once did, uh, Brad, because of the work of your foundation and many others around Australia. But you mentioned somewhere that I read that even Artie needed every bit of drive that he had to change 60s attitudes and start opening doors for himself. And that was at Roma. Well, I suppose, I think it was, well, it was 69, Indigenous people got the vote. So yeah. living out in a country town, I think even where they weren't allowed, like there were still boundaries in regards to Indigenous people coming into town and stuff like that. So back in those days, you know, for him to, like, true vehicle, rugby league's always been, a, I think, a great vehicle for racial equality in our country and sport in general, obviously, else like cricket and all, all of such. So. Yeah, good call, mate. Um, you also said you just loved watching him play. What did, you, what did you love oh, most? I did, mate. Yeah. Oh, I just, also, probably my favourite part was actually when he was coaching races when I was a young bloke sitting there and watching him watch tape and watching him cut a, cut a game together and, and even sitting there watching him coach because he could tell you what was going to happen before it was going to happen yeah. <laughs> most of the time. So, yeah, exactly. And also, like, he's obviously such a, skill, such a skilled player but such a big man. Like, he had it with all. He was tough. He was fast. You know, he had great hands and just leadership qualities as well, so. And, and and I suppose for the, the modern day, Brad, I mean, the enduring image of him running out in that very first state of origin with the chalk over the front of the maroon jersey, it's a, oh boy, it still stirs, doesn't it, mate? Oh, it was amazing noise that night, you know, being there. And I know Wally and all those guys, you know, they all sort of, you know, talk about that moment and him in the dressing room before the game telling them they're, you know, they're going to war. This is war for us, you know what I mean? So, and it's been like that ever since, I guess. So it's something, you know, as myself, someone who's a rugby league junkie, I love the game myself. And just, uh, you know, that legacy he's created for Queensland beating New South Wales is, you know, it's pretty special. Oh, he led the war too, didn't he? he, he no knees he on him. He had no <laughs> knees and he threw punches like Tim Zhu. <laughs> that was unreal. He wouldn't have been playing much footy these days. <laughs> well, you've only got to ask Gilly, who, who, who was around him in the day. He said, don't worry. He said, Arthur can handle himself. He said, I, I always stuck very close to Arthur. Hey, mate, the, the foundation, now, the, the big raffle at the game on Sunday afternoon goes to the foundation, and you've already got some staggering numbers there, haven't you? Oh, mate, it was, it was a 50-50 raffle, and it's been um, – it's great, like, Dolphins are supporting us through that, and um, – you know, and the Dolphins are really looked after us. So, and like any money, that I think there's over 30,000 tickets pre-sold. So, you know, hopefully it'll be beneficial and like that'll all go towards helping Indigenous people, you know, come to play football. And hopefully, like, we've done a quite a few tours over the years and stuff. And a lot of, you know, future Indigenous NRL stars have been on those tours. So it's, you know, it's a really good thing to continue. Yeah, yeah. that's excellent. And I, I spoke with Petro. We spoke with Petro over the week, last week, and... There's a, a bit of a foundation going there now, isn't there, that to uh, to get out and play a lot more? 
Yeah, well, Pedro's come on board along with Wally and uh, and Mal as patrons. Uh, we've got the Artie's Immortal Tour, so we get the legends out there, and um, we try and uh, uh, it's not only raising money for community, but it's also trying to keep those guys you know, together after football because, as you know, there's a that gap that it, when you leave that, that environment, you know, mental health and all that sort of stuff. And but we were lucky enough to be involved in that. Um, fundraiser for the two slain police officers yes, no. on the weekend, which I think they, they raised $300,000 oh, for the weekend. So. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, and I also read we've got this wonderful Artie Legacy Medal, Brad. It looks beautiful too. It does, mate, yeah, and it's like it's pretty special, you know, like and Freddie, Freddie's going to you know, present it, I think, on, on nine, live on 9 So, and Freddie had a, you know, he loved Dad as well, mate, so yeah, I think Dad when he first came coaching at the Roosters, and that pretty dad had a pair to do it. And obviously, when he was playing, he was a development officer there with the Roosters, so it's pretty special. And I think my brothers, daughters, and sons of that are going to be mascots for the side. And like the, the two sides have you know, not only been fantastic for this event, and you know, they're really supportive of the family. I think there's over 30 of us going to the game. So, yeah, brilliant. And uh, you know the medal. Uh, and Paddy talked about the stouches with Arthur over the years. You know, <laughs> there was there was one yeah. uh, down in Redcliffe, wasn't there, with the Olympic torch was, relay? Uh, he passed. Well, it wasn't so much of a stouch, but he, he held a grudge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to spar. Paddy was... got the Paddy got the main street, <laughs> and Dad didn't. So. <laughs> they, they, was, I'm, I'm a little of rugby league and all that, and he couldn't he didn't get the main street. So he wasn't too happy. But, he, came, he came around the corner and passed the. Passed the Olympic torch to me. Yeah, I tell you, it was it was something that I will remember forever, mate. I just loved him. I, he and I, as I said, we we spoke a lot on the phone. He he did a lot for me to help my career. He was always happy to do an interview, and uh, oh yeah, to be in his presence, Brad was uh, was to be fulfilled. Your day was a lot better when you spent time with Arthur Beetson. I can tell you, he definitely had a presence, buddy. Yeah, he did that, mate. He did. Hey, wonderful, wonderful to chat. I've been looking forward to having a chat to you all morning, and I mean, I, I hope you raise as much as you possibly can out of this, uh, out of the raffle for the fifty-fifty raffle. They'll get there. You're going to have a real big crowd there Sunday afternoon. Uh, we know it's going to be an emotional time for you and the family, uh, and we appreciate your time uh, coming on air with us this morning, mate. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Ian. Good on you, Brad. Yeah, Brad Beatson there, son of the son of an immortal. The the more you read, I mean, the, the stories are, are folklore, but you know, at, at a time like this, you go back and you read a little bit more about Arthur, and you just, you know, understand what a what a wonderful, wonderful man he was, mm. and, and how much he did for for Indigenous, and 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 you know what a leader he was, and that feeler. I, I was with Wally the other day at a, at a function. We did a little guest speaking thing, and. You know, just the hairs on the back of your neck go up when Wally talks about in the dressing room before that first Origin game. And I, like Brad, was in the audience that night. It was the noise at Lang Park, the old Lang Park, the old wooden seats. And, you know, it was the hill and, oh, it was just seething. It, it was what I was a cauldron. No wonder what they call it the cauldron. Yeah, yeah. That's what, uh, yeah. That's what you've got to set up early. Yeah, I'm fired up. I'm looking forward to this match. And don't worry, they'll, they'll, they'll handle themselves well, the Dolphins. See, I think that's underselling you a little bit, isn't it? You were keeper of the century, weren't you? Yeah, last uh, century. Oh, I mean, well, just, just for I, Queensland. Yeah, but that's what we are. We're a Queensland yeah, radio station. Well, we need to speak to Jace about that, I think. <laughs> uh, the captain's run with Cameron Smith and Dylan Kemp is back from 11am today. Crash Craddock, no. Was he, was he the greatest keeper that you've ever seen, Crash? 
Uh, look, over the stumps particularly, uh, I've got to say, uh, uh, Hills, uh, and I'm not just saying this, if you if you weren't there today, I'd still say it, but the barometer by which all others are measured over the stumps. And do you know what? I was thinking of you only yesterday, mate, when uh, I was uh, you know watching Tom Blundell from New Zealand keep over the stumps to the medium paces. Oh. Well, not medium paces, but, you, you know, that's, that's outstanding. Standing work, isn't it? Like as a keeper, you'd love that, wouldn't you? Like, oh, I'm not really so sure, mate. Great like, job. I couldn't quite work out why he was up to the stumps to Matt Henry, and with Stokes batting. Like, did you see the one that yeah. nearly broke? Well, probably did break his finger. Like smashed yeah, into yeah. his left hand. <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah, but was... Uh, was Stokes batting out of his crease or char- advancing at the ball or something? Why was the wicket keeper up oh. there? Yeah, I think that was the mantra, to just throw them out of rhythm. And, uh, well, they got there by a run, didn't they? One of the greatest finishes in the history of the game. And uh, it was literally... I mean, uh, test cricket in New Zealand is beautiful on the box, isn't it? Like the people sitting on the hill, it's got a village green feel about it. And that was just just one one of the greatest tests ever. I was on the plane to Sydney, heading down for the back page on Fox Sports and just frozen in, in, in interest watching the scores update. So, uh, fantastic. Mate, that Wellington Hill hasn't been full for a long time. And, that, you know, having England over there, that's really, you know, attracting uh, viewership as well as spectators over there. And the New Zealand team became a better team by playing against such an attractive England team. Oh, yeah, Hills. Oh, and what I like about this, they are going the journey on baseball, aren't they? Brendan McCullum and yeah. uh, and Ben Stokes. They will go down swinging. And what I love about it, they've got credit points in the bank now. Ten test wins out of 12 after one test win in their previous 17 tests. Yeah. So, it, yeah, sure, they lost by the narrowest margin. But England public wants them to keep going, to keep flashing the broadsword, playing Cavalier cricket. And... You know, I just honestly believe that uh, Stokes and McCullum could become the most influential cricketing figures of the 21st century as we speak. They could change the way the game is played. Well, I'd love to hear that. I mean, yeah, as I said, the, the scores, 8 for 435 declared and 256, 209, 483. One run in it for only the fourth time in, uh, or only the second time in Test match history. Um, and that yeah. just, just the fourth team to win after being asked to follow on. There's so much history about yesterday. And uh, unfortunately, you were flying. I was at home watching it. It was just riveting television. It was riveting stuff. <laughs> and, 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 you know, what does it do now to teams? It'll scare any number of captains away from following on because, let's face it, if they didn't follow on, they just would have won the game. You know, they were 250 yeah. ahead. They'd have made another 300. They'd have set them 550, and they wouldn't have got it. Their bowlers would have been rested. That, Stokes said he didn't regret it. He said, you are allowed to be outplayed. But what it did do, didn't it, Hills? They sentenced a 40-year-old Jimmy Anderson and a 36-year-old Stuart Broad to be part of an attack that bowled 200 overs in a row in the field. Yeah, 60 oh, of them, 61 overs for Jack Leach is incredible. So they didn't over, they didn't over bowl the... The veterans, but but they kept them wicketless. I think Broad got one, Anderson none. So New Zealand did play yeah. extremely well to get to nearly 500, having batted so poorly in the first innings. That that is a great shock. And then there, there's a lot of bad luck yesterday in the England batting chase. I, I think the short ball might be employed a lot more to baseball 
They played a lot of pull shots that weren't that turned out to be their downfall. Um, so teams around the world might perfect that short ball if they want to throw the bat at you. Um, and but Harry Brook getting run out at the non-strikers end. Oh, gee, that nothing much went right, and they ended up one run short. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a. Do you know what? That's a great point you make, isn't it? How do you uh, tackle baseball and this real rampant stroke play? Because I tell you what, it has. It's had the effect of just completely blowing guys off their line and length. Like uh, Neil Wagner, who does buy a lot yes. of short balls, he went for bowled in, in the last test thirteen overs and went for a hundred and ten. That's right. that's beyond the bizarre. Yeah. But um, I, I'm so interested, Heels, to see what Australia tosses up to England in England. Like, do you send Scott Boland and Hazelwood out and say, boys? Keep your length, keep your shape. They'll come after you. That's all right. They might hit you four out of five, but the fifth one you'll catch an edge. So I don't know how they're going to play it. It'll be fascinating. Do you see anything beyond that, Hill? Yeah, a bit, only beyond that, a good bumper. Yeah, really good bumper. Yeah. Especially yep. if you can tighten them up. You know, keep it tighter than they would like, and then a good bumper. Uh, where they'll really try to unleash on it, and your field is well set. Yep. So, well, yeah, it's it's going to be good. All right, oh, yeah. Crash. We better talk about indoor. Um, can we salvage something from this series? We know the skipper's home with his ailing mum. We know Stark and Green are okay finally to to get ready to go, and we know Steve Smith will skipper this side to a, a team that's down two uh, nil. Yeah, has he has he paid a price big enough for you? Um, Crash and Steve Smith to now be our captain again. Yeah, on a part time basis, I think so. Heels. If it was full time, no, no, I, I wouldn't want him back. And you know, there is a bit of a void there, isn't there? To be frank, yes. that's why I'd like to see Cameron Green just involved in the leadership group. Maybe not but big, but to me, he's the guy coming through the system that that, that interests me a lot in that regard. Um, but uh, look, uh, it's his pressure to live up to Cummins starts at the toss in a way because Cummins <laughs> has won eight tosses in a row. I mean, hey, Paddy, you and I like a bet. Oh, oh. Try and have what were the the odds are on it? Apparently, point three of a percent. It, it heals if if you and I and Paddy stood in a room and one of us tried to win eight tosses in a row, we'd be still here at five o'clock this afternoon, but yeah. Cummins has done it. So I bet you anything, Smith will probably lose the toss. Yeah, and, and that, that would have a bit of cash. <laughs> India, India batting first, but it's a two-toned wicket, a bit of grass in the middle. They've shaved the ends. They're bare. The spinners will really, really ramp it up to the point where uh, Rohit Sharma, at his press conference yesterday, he said, if you win this test with a spinning deck, will you then in the last test prepare a pace bowler's deck to get you ready for the World Test Championship if you're in it? And he said, oh, there's every chance of that. So, yeah, <laughs> shameless, shameless, shameless. No, well, I mean, what did we expect? Of course, we, we knew this was coming. Um, what, what's yeah. the makeup of our team down below? I mean, head goes up, we, we assume, to open with Aussie, but how does the bottom half of the team look? Mate, what, what are you thinking? Uh, Stark, uh, of course, back in the team, uh, great subcontinental bowler, uh, will create footmarks for lines. So that'll work. That'll be a one-two punch in itself. Uh, what, what and line, of course, in himself. Uh, the 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 young. What the, the one I can't quite pick. Todd Murphy will be in. Is whether they go for Matt Kuhneman or Scott Boland as the fourth bowler. Do you go for the second seamer? 
I can't quite work that out. And I know they were discussing it last night okay. because it does look like a spinner's deck. Who would you go for, Hills? Oh, I just thought Kearney probably. Um, we're asking a lot of Green and Stark uh, who haven't played for a yep. long time. But, but yeah, I was, mm. I was thinking the two offies and a bit more variety in, in the spinning ranks. Uh, if yeah, if, yeah, if mate, I if I was going to go a quick, I'd fire Lance Morris up. Would you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that's interesting. I, I uh, you know I heard he's been bowling quite nicely in the nets yeah. over there, and and he's really made a point of learning as much as he can about the game over there. Uh, the fast bowlers have been very good with him. Um, yeah, it, it's funny that they're, they're so hard to beat, aren't they? Like no one ever talks about Mohammed Shami as as a threat. But what a gorgeous swing bowler he is with yeah. the new and the old ball. Like it was in the last test. Remember the, first, the he took four for four on four. the first day. Like he kept him in the game. I mean he he's he, he's out, an outstanding bowler. So they've got it all, haven't they? Yeah, that's um, a great call. And these these three spinners who not only they get you with the ball and then they come out and average thirty with the bat. So they're so hard to roll. They really are. Yeah, a side that hasn't got Boomer either. Uh, he's out That's right. No, having, said all, having said all that, we're not that far behind them, you know. That, mm. Hopefully we're more ready to find another 100 runs and bowl mm. a little bit better. Well, it's it's funny, Hills. One of the journalists from over there, repeated words you actually said to me last week. You said, mate, I get the feeling they're just ready to play a test now. <laughs> mm. and, 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 he, and he said the same. He said, it's funny. He said, but after a break and two weeks of tests, he said, they're suddenly sort of feelings they know the conditions dead right now. But I do agree with what John Buchanan said. With modern touring schedules the way they are, and you arrive in a, in a country at five minutes to midnight and say, right, where's the first test? He said, you've got no chance of beating India like that. Like, it's yeah. just, they're just two seasons. And talking to Candace Warner on the back page last night, you know, we are talking, she said, the smog in Delhi was really confronting. I mean, like she said, it was. Yeah. She said no one complained and everyone's fine. But but she said it was. It was players were losing their radar, sort of thing, and you can sort of understand it. Hey, Crash, always a delight. We've got to get to a break, mate. But uh, thank you for chatting for us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Crash. Huh? Ah, it's a pleasure. Great to great to talk to you, lads. Thank you. Bye, right. Robert Crash Crowder from the Courier Mail. We'll be back.